What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we are here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Another episode where we say sports, and it's really the NFL because nothing going on in baseball, basketball, with the exception of Harden, uh, James Harden, you know, acting like a child and wanting to get out of one play and going to another. Uh, there's really nothing to talk about there. Uh, so we're, we're sticking with football. A lot of NFL news and notes. Um, we have uh, and the MVP race. Could be a bit more of a nail-biter than people are giving it credit for. Uh, I've said all along I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I still feel that way. But we are going to introduce you to a bit of an avenue where Aaron Rodgers and possibly one other could maybe jump into that discussion. Uh, the Jets win, but in doing so, a lot feel they have also lost. We'll explain. Uh, Dwayne Haskins of the Washington football team uh, cannot seem to stay in the news for anything positive. So we're, we're going to get to that. He had a bit of an incident after the game yesterday we'll, we'll discuss. And the Steelers. Uh, I mean, three weeks ago at this time, undefeated. Uh, we're talking about an undefeated season. Some people were. Other people were saying they were the most overrated 11-0 team ever. And... Quite frankly, the way they played the last three weeks, they have proved the latter more correct than the group who said how good they were. And then, of course, Banker Tank for Week 16 after a Week 15 review. Uh, ben had a very, very good week, which he has not been able to say too, too much this year. Uh, there's only one slight problem with that, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the show. Don't want to give everything away right now. First, the MVP race. I mean, I said from the beginning when we did our way too early predictions – when we kind of re-upped that at the halfway point, or a little bit past the halfway point, I thought it was Mahomes then. I think it's Mahomes now. He's just, he's special. We talk about this all the time on and off air. If you're playing Madden or something, and one of your players does something outlandish or crazy, you're kind of like, oh, man, like that really takes me out of it a little bit. That's not that realistic. Until you watch Patrick Mahomes in real life, and you just see this stuff on a regular basis, and then it's like, oh, all right. So Patrick Mahomes actually makes Madden more realistic. Uh, but there is a way. Aaron Rodgers, who a lot some people feel is the MVP, I, I don't get that. He's had a great season. There were two MVP awards. He'd get two B, or one B, but there's not. There's only one. It's Mahomes. Josh Allen. Josh Allen has not gotten a lot of respect in the MVP discussion, and he's not Patrick Mahomes. But if... The Chiefs clinched the one seed this weekend. And Mahomes kind of has maybe a down game. Rodgers and Allen have a really big game. And then he doesn't play week two, or excuse me, week 17. You could see a situation where Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen have to go balls to the wall for two weeks. And Mahomes might be able to take it easy. From a stat perspective... You could see that swing. There's a lot of people who want to give it to somebody else besides Mahomes for some reason. He's already getting that too good for his own good hate from people. And I, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. I, I have a ton of respect for him. He's a great player. Uh, but do you see any kind of real legitimate avenue where it's not Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I see Josh Allen. And I wouldn't have said that three, four no. weeks ago. If we look at... What each team needs, the Green Bay Packers just need to win. They win, they lock the number one seed. Uh, tiebreakers and math is all on their side. 
if they win. And then that leaves open week 17 to rest Aaron Rodgers, which honestly makes sense. Kansas City, again, same situation, just needs to win. They have so many, obviously they have so many tiebreakers over everybody else, whether it be head-to-head matchups, conference records, strength of schedule, everything pretty much leans in their favor, plus their Kansas City. Like you said um, earlier today, we were discussing this, they could potentially be at halftime scoreboard watching and pull Mahomes if certain one they're they're leading by a large margin and right. some other teams are losing or have lost. Buffalo, it's a different story. They do have the tiebreaker over the Steelers, and we understand we'll get into the Steelers issues. But the Titans have the tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills. And they only have one more loss, one more win than the, the Titans, the Buffalo Bills do. So the, a win and the Titans loss negates Week 17 uh, for Josh Allen to play. And that's something I think Buffalo wants because Josh Allen, as good as he's been, and his stats are up, surprisingly up there with Rodgers and Mahomes. He's got 4,000 yards passing. And you have to factor in the running – so he's got a total of 38 touchdowns combined, and that's a factor. 30, 30 passing and 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, no, no. Well, you forgot one. There was a trick play. He has a receiving touchdown oh, also. Oh, my bad. He has 39 touchdowns. 39 touchdowns. And uh, surprisingly, nine interceptions. Now it's not, you know, Mahomes or, or um, Rodgers, and that's that's five. Yeah, and they, have nine, they have nine combined, yeah. Right. So, but he has a dynamic that, that – I mean, Mahomes is is mobile, but not this big. He's only, he's like a younger Cam Newton with a little bit better arm. And I think the numbers are slightly turning to Allen's favor. But if he doesn't play Week 17, I think this is a moot point, and Mahomes has it, no doubt. But I think Allen is the one, realistically, who would have the inside shot to usurp Patrick Mahomes from a consistent dominance over the entire season. The offensive ability of the of the Kansas City Chiefs, his ability on the field, and the ineptitude for the most of the season of the running game. Where he has he has put the team on his back and forced out wins just because of the talent of the receivers, because of the talent of Mahomes. So it's going to take a week 17 for Rodgers and Mahomes not to play and Josh Allen needing to play both 16 and 17 for him to have a shot. No, I agree. I think it's Mahomes to lose, but I think Josh Allen, there definitely is an avenue where it's possible that he you could see him uh, win the MVP award. If, you know, like the situation you said, if – the Chiefs don't have to really play hard the last game and in, in, in say a half if they're they're up big and they look and uh, uh, who would it be who would have to lose uh, Pittsburgh? Oh, but Pittsburgh Buffalo. Well, Buffalo plays Monday, so that won't help them at all. Right. But if Pittsburgh's really down, here's the thing: they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo. Right. So it only becomes a problem if it's a three-way tie with Pittsburgh and Buffalo because right. then it's different tiebreakers come into effect. So, I think 
if they look Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh's down a lot and they're up a lot, they could very well be like, you know what, we're resting our guys second half. We're not even playing in week 17. We already got the one seed. We're not hurting anybody. We're getting them rested. Then, yeah, Josh Allen, uh, you could definitely see a situation if, if Green Bay locks up the, the seed this weekend where Josh Allen has to go out and have a huge game to keep that one seed because they want, they very much want that road to the AFC Championship to go through Buffalo. If something were to happen to Kansas City, I personally think it's going to take a lot for the AFC Championship to not be Buffalo and Kansas City. I really do. And that would be, I think both of these teams are even better than when they played a few weeks ago. And I think that would be a hell of a game. Hats off to Josh Allen, though, for just continuing to grow as a player. Yeah. I was very critical on him last year. He couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. I always made jokes about how he was five or six yards away from his receiver. And he was. And he improved a lot year two over year one for accuracy and completion percentage. He improved by almost 10 points from year three, from two, uh, on year three, from year two. That is tremendous. He has become a true franchise quarterback. He knows what he's doing. He's accurate. He, he plays hard. I mean, it's not easy. Look, he's a division rival. I'm a Pats fan. But I'm also a fan of good quality football. And the first two years, Josh Allen wasn't really providing that. This last year, if this is the Josh Allen we're going to see going forward or better, whew, Bill's got a good one, man, and hats off to him. He could sneak his way in, although for my money, it's still Mahomes. But look out in the future. There's some guys who are going to be you know, nipping at Mahomes' heels for years to come. It's going to be really exciting. A lot of good quarterback play in the NFL. All right. Let's, from, from talk of the very best of the best, to the New York Jets. Uh, sorry, Jets fans. Really, really not trying to be a jerk here. Uh, you guys have been through enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to drag you through the mud or anything. You know what your team is. You've watched them all year. Uh, a lot of people giving them criticism for winning this past weekend. Uh, I can understand from a front office standpoint. We talked about this before we started recording. And I kind of got on people who said, oh, they should have just blown it. They should have just choked. They should have done this. They should have done that. Uh, these these are professional athletes, guys who who don't want to be zero and sixteen, and especially if you know you might not be on the team next year, you don't want to be zero and sixteen. They got a guy who isn't going to matter to you next year. You want to win. You don't want to be one of the uh, the third of the uh, of the NFL teams to go winless zero and sixteen. I believe the Browns did, and I think the Lions did it. I know the Bobby. the Buck the uh, Bucks. Bucks did it way back when, but that was when there was fourteen games. Yeah, the Dolphins do it. I don't believe so. Recently? No. 0-16? No. They were, they, were, they were bad for a few years there, but they weren't 0-16. I'm pretty sure it's only the Browns and, and, and the uh, uh, Lions who've gone 0-16. I give them, I give them credit. You know? They, they, they showed some heart. Against the team, by the way, that had given a lot of other really good teams fits this year in the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are kind of an enigma, man. Like, if they get the wrong matchup, they're not going far in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. That team can play defense, but that offense is so odd. Like they've run all over the Patriots, which a lot of teams have done, and the Dolphins did this past weekend, because uh, the Patriots' run defense is essentially you know a cheesecloth. Um, and <laughs> but then they go in against the Jets and they lose that game. And for the first half, they were not just beat; they were handled. Like the Jets had they had their number. Uh, 
I don't I don't find any fault in this for the Jets. I think people who who want the team to lose and not show any pride, uh, if they had choked intentionally, which a lot of people, including myself, kind of suspected they did against the Raiders, not the players, but the play calling. If they had choked intentionally, people would be all over them for having no pride. And now they, they win to show some pride. And people are, oh, you give up Trevor Lawrence. Well, who cares? Trevor Lawrence might be a bust. Probably not. But you never know. You don't take somebody that high if you thought they were going to be. Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, Josh Rosen. Uh, I did that one for you because you always like the Josh Rosen talk. Thank you. You just, I mean, you got to have some pride. And even as a Patriots fan, you know, good good on the Jets for having that pride. Because there is, there is. There is some talent on that team. Uh, there's no doubt. I think this is where, because I, I thought about this uh, over the past couple of days. This is, I, div- I divide this, my, my argument in two ways. On the field product, you need to play I, I hate to steal it, Herm. I hate to steal it. You play to win the game. That's pretty good. They they are they are playing for their football careers, whether it be with the team next year or with another team. You need to put performances on tape, especially when there was no offseason this year. You don't know what the offseason is going to be next year. So you need to put as much proof on tape that you can do X, Y, or Z on the field. That's the player perspective. So you need to go out and play. As far as the front office, this is the way I see it. It's like you're putting yourself in a position where you might not get the first overall pick. And I know you don't want a winless season because that is ugly. And I looked it up. There's there's is the last one was you were right, the Dolphins weren't. It was Cleveland in 17, Lions in 08, and uh, Buccaneers in 76. I'm not counting the Baltimore Colts in 82. That was a strike short in the season. That's yeah, but the uh, the Buccaneers were only 0-14, right? That was a 14. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. Um, Look at me. I can history. You check all the boxes, Chris. I, I look at this as it's still an open door for – now, I've seen – uh, I saw what was the ESPN, I think, said 74% chance that Jacksonville is going to get the number one uh, number one overall pick. There's still an avenue for them to win. Uh, they are facing Cleveland, who's, who needs to win. And they are facing New England, in New England. So, And I think both teams will have pride on the line. Uh, obviously, everyone knows what team we will be rooting for that weekend. Uh, Jacksonville will have Chicago and uh, Indianapolis. Both those games will be important to those teams, but... By week 17, the Colts might be out of it. Maybe. Uh, but they might be in it. So you, you don't know. All I'd say is your front office, they're not, they shouldn't try to lose, but they need to work it so they put themselves in an advantageous position for the future. I know that's kind of riding the fence a little bit, but I will say the players on the field, should absolutely execute the plays that uh, the coaches put them in and put a performance on the field that is representative of their true talent. Realistically, with the schedule you just said, I, I don't I don't see 
anywhere the Jaguars win either one of those games. Uh, the Jets will, probably will not beat the Browns. Uh, they, I would like to think they won't beat the Patriots, but uh, I don't know. The way that the Patriots team I've watched the last month or so uh, is not the same mentality I've watched the last you know 18 to 20 years during the Belichick era. Not crying anybody, you know, expecting anyone to cry me a river. I uh, I got to watch my favorite team play really quality ball for a long, long time. So, you know, that's 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 just, you know, teams have to rebuild sometimes. But they haven't played great lately. I mean, you don't have to be a football pundit to know that. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if the Jets win again or not. If the things stay the way they are, obviously Jags get the first pick. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see... The Jets beating the Patriots only because the division games are so tough. They know each other so well. Belichick knows the Jets so well, and the Jets are a very poorly coached team. Um, but you never know. I mean, both both sides are missing some important key key factors. Uh, but it's I just I can't I can't fault the team for not wanting that that stigma, the zero sixteen stigma. I never will. I don't understand people who do. I mean, I do from a standpoint, look, if you're a fan and you say, we want Trevor Lawrence, okay, that's great. And you wanted Sam Darnold. And look what your management and and, uh, office personnel did to Sam Darnold. Now, I don't think Sam Darnold's done. I think if they let Sam Darnold go and he goes somewhere else, the kid's got something. Year one, that team was a mess. Year two, we had the whole mono thing and they were still a mess. And then this year... I mean, they have Adam Gase as their coach, so they're already in a handicap there. Um, Gase has to go. You need new management. You need, you need a new um, mentality on this team from the top down. This entire structure just isn't working. This is a team that for many, many years had a top defense in the league, and they could score some points when they had to. They had a good running game and really good defense, good to great defense. And they just... They, they they bring in Gase. They they don't you know they don't have a GM that knows what the hell he's doing. You're chasing off stars like Jamal Adams. You're essentially publicly saying that uh, your new running back and Le'Veon Bell, who you've already released by the way, is playing for the defending Super Bowl champions. You're essentially saying that oh you didn't want to sign him, Adam Adam Gase that yeah. is. I mean which is just not only not only unprofessional but just the worst thing you could do. This guy is an absolute cancer to that team. I mean, they got in a fight, uh, a contractual fight with with one of their offensive linemen last year, uh, Kaleche Osemele. Uh, basically, you. Robbie Anderson just yeah, Robbie Anderson walked out yeah. the building and didn't get anything. They're having a um, a dispute with um, who uh, Anuma. Was it a new one or is it another? Uh, it might be another. Well, person. I know a new one got injured. I don't know if it's a dispute or not. But it, it, it's it's he might not play again, and I know there was some potentially some issues because maybe they think that he can play. Um, I'm not speculating. I know there was something I read a month or two ago on this. Short, uh, uh, long story short, the Jets ownership, which we've we've discussed. Is uh, is no continuity to begin with. Needs to just clear house, hire somebody to be the the president of operations, and say, "I am just the owner. I am just going to sign the checks. 
We're going to run the business side like a business, which is what they should do. And you are the football operations guy. You need to run this like an actual football team. And that's what they need to do. And that, if that means the second overall pick, that means the second overall pick. Obviously, they're not going to drop to the third because every other team is, I think, have three wins. And there's no chance in, in hell that they're going to win uh, – First, the Cleveland Browns in, at New England. Yeah, after yesterday, uh, the Bengals have three wins, so that, that was the only other two-win team, I believe. So it, it's just, just, there's just no way. So they're going to have the first first overall pick or the second overall pick. And I think the best thing would actually be for them is if Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields looks at the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets and says, we don't want to play just one of them. And that puts the Jets in a position where at the number two pick, they can't get a quarterback. Because I think that's almost almost better for them because now they can go get an NFL quarterback, whether it be take a shot at Cam Newton, whether it be go trade for Matthew Stafford, whether it be taking a shot at, I don't know, um, do you have another quarterback in mind? Because I'm, I'm, I'm fuzzing on. I mean, you could have you could have some guys like Jacoby Brissett who are available. Uh, maybe even a Phillip Rivers. I think he was only a one-year deal. Carson Wentz, if they want to make that trade. Maybe if Atlanta uh, wants to go a new direction with a new um, GM head coach, they say, hey, does anyone want uh, Matt Ryan for the last few years of his career? You know, that might be the best thing for the Jets to do is not take a, not take a quarterback with the one, one or two pick in the draft. I'm just putting it out there because then they can just build around the team and have build that defense you were talking about, build that running game that you were talking about that actually might win them something and then move on from there. But I, I see what you're saying there. Cause that's, that's not, it's not a bad idea. Cause look, Sam Darnold's going to go into his fourth season. So they have to f- pick up his fifth year option before that started. They can go to him and say, look, we're not saying we don't want you here, but just from a, a trying to rebuild a team of people who want to be here and can work with the system we're going to bring in, we're obviously going to have you here for year four. And then after we'll talk extension after after season four, during the season maybe if they're impressed with what they see, if they bring in the right system and it works for them. This team has a history, and we've gone over it before, of signing players, the wrong players, to big contracts. Um, I I think if you don't get rid of Gase, even if you do get rid of Gase, if you keep this atmosphere the way it is around this team, you bring in just somebody else who is a cast off. Gase was, you know, thrown out of Miami. Let me ask you a question real quick. Hold on. Okay. He was thrown out of Miami. And they brought in Brian Flores, who by all accounts is turning that team into a contender, has turned them into a contender. From what they were at the start of last year to what they are now is just absolutely incredible. Uh, Because they they put people in place who can create a positive atmosphere in that organization. And uh, I just think they need to go get somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody young, not a cast-off, not a guy who's going to, the media is going to love because he talks like Rex Ryan or um, somebody who 
was a great defensive coordinator 10 years ago, but hasn't done anything since. Go get somebody like a Robert Sala. I don't know if he'd want that job if he has his pick. I, I don't Maybe he that. will. Maybe the guy likes a challenge. I have no idea. But go get somebody who can get this team where they want to be mentally. Because right now, it doesn't matter whether you have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Bart Starr, John Elway, Dan Marino. It doesn't matter any of those. It doesn't matter who you have a quarterback right now. The way that team is, it's not a winning atmosphere. Well, maybe, maybe Mahomes. Maybe. Honestly. But that would still take a lot even for him. It, 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 it's, not, it's not a place you're going to win right now. A lot more changes have to take place besides quarterback. It starts in the front office. you got to cut the head off this snake and build from the ground up. What were you going to ask me? I was going to say, I'm thinking back to the past 20 years. The two most competitive quarterbacks they've had, and when I say competitive, I mean winning. Right. Who are the two that you can think of? For the New York Jets. Over the past, you said 20 years? Well, about 20 years, yeah. The, I'd say Vinny Testaverde. Okay. Or is he longer than that? Was he more than that ago? I think he was a little bit more than that. Okay. Uh, There's two I'm thinking of. One, I'd say Mark Sanchez. Right, that's one. And... Man. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Fitzmagic. Oh, Yeah. I forgot he was there for a bit, yeah. It's, that's the two I'm thinking of. Obviously, Sanchez was drafted, I think, late in the first round, mid-first round, and obviously Fitzpatrick was a free agent pickup. So it's like your best success was not with the top five right. quarterback draft pick. So that's why I'm saying it might be the best avenue to go off the trash heap and find something. A Carson Wentz who has some ability and maybe they can make it work or Matthew Stafford or uh, Matt Ryan, who the team wants to move in a new direction and that quarterback has talent and you just need to fill in spots. And again, and also what that does as well, get you a quarterback. You don't have to take the quarterback in the first round. You can now get with a second overall pick. I know it might be a stretch, but you go get uh, Jamar chase, a supremely talented wide receiver can be that number one. And now you have that partnership, that that quarterback wide receiver, because the Jets have no wide receiver. They ran their only one out of town. Oh, Jamison Crowder's underrated. Jamison Crowder, he's not a one. He's not a one. He's not a one. I'm not saying that. But Jamison Crowder's not garbage by any means. And who's that kid they got? Oh, the, the Pats drafted him. Uh, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios. He, I mean, he's again. He's not a. He's not. He's not number two. Upper? No, he's not. But you, not everyone is going to have three number twos. Not everyone's going to have a Thielen and a Jefferson. Not everyone's going to have uh, a guy like a Cole Beasley and and, and a Stefan uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, so if you have Barrios as your kind of you know slot you know fourth receiver, and you got Crowder as your two, you can get somebody in free agent. Although you just had one and, and, and a Robbie Anderson who you let walk, um, you, you could always draft a guard. Or an offensive lineman, whatever, to go oh, there, with Mekhi Becton. Becton, a... Becton looks like he is going to be a beast. That and guy it... just throws grown men around, almost looking like Derrick Henry the way he's throwing grown men around. He's a he looks like the real deal. I think they got a good one with him. Get another guy to match up on the line with him, then you can work on your running game. Then you don't have to bring in a top flight running back. You can bring in a guy 
who can just get the job done. A good receiving back, a decent running back, someone who can protect Sam Darnold also. And then you start to get your offense rolling a little bit. Then you don't have to have that number one A stud receiver. You can have a couple of number twos. You can have a couple of slot caliber guys that you know, kind of like mishmash that together. Like with the Patriots, their problem isn't receiving talent. I hate to tell people this. Everybody wants to in dog them. Demir Bird and um, 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 uh, the other kid, uh, Kobe Myers. Kobe Myers have done fine. Yeah. Uh, whenever they've whenever they've uh, decided to throw more than three times a game to Nikhil Harry, he's done well. It's the fact that Cam Newton can't get the ball out and can't. He's just indecisive. He doesn't have what he used to have. And I love Cam as a person, but as a quarterback, I really hope they go a different direction in New England next year. Um, and if they decide to go with him again, well, then I mean, I'll, I'll keep cheering them. They're my team, but I'm not really going to like that. Um, I, I do wish Cam well, but it's just not working. But the problem, people just want to look at, at the problems as cut and dry. Like, oh, the, the Jets aren't winning because they don't have Trevor Lawrence. Well, they've never had Trevor Lawrence. They've won before. It's the culture of this team. It is not a positive winning culture, atmosphere, whatever you want to say. The front office is poisonous to that locker room. And I give the players a lot of credit for having the pride to say, we are not going to go 0-16. We're not going to be that laughing stock. And you can have a national championship, high-caliber stud quarterback in the top of the draft come into your organization, and he can just flop in under a year because you don't built, you haven't yep. built the right organization around him, even under a year. Wasn't Sam Darnold? Wasn't he? Wasn't he the third overall pick, fourth overall pick? I know yeah. he was no higher than four. And this was the guy. This was the guy. Everybody coming out said, "Oh, he should have. He should have been the number one." Right. If the Giants, Giants, you know, didn't take Saquon. Saquon was number one that year, right? I think so. He was one or two. I believe. I believe uh, Saquon was one. I think so. But if they didn't have to take Saquon, they would have taken Sam Darnold. And there was actually major talk whether they were going to go with or the um, Barkley or or Darnold. And they ended up going with Barkley. The Jets took Darnold. Oh, the Jets got the best quarterback in the draft. This and this and this. The lack of competence in that organization to be able to teach this kid how to grow as a quarterback. We just talked about Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't do that all by himself. Buffalo put him in position with good coaching and good leadership to have a an atmosphere that fostered growth and continuous development. They have not done that for Donald in New York because they're too busy chasing stars out of town and, 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 and keeping a coach who, I mean, legitimately shouldn't be able to teach peewee football. Adam Gase sucks. There's not a single Jets fan I know when I say Adam Gase who doesn't go, oh, my God, what is he doing? They do not like him. They despise him. They want him gone because he is just awful. He cannot help any single player on that team grow in any positive way. Uh, We we should probably move on. We can keep going on how bad Gase is all day. but. uh... It was Mayfield, Barkley, Darnold. That was a Mayfield, okay. Oddly enough, number seven, Josh Allen. Yeah. But, yeah, we should should definitely. Well, Mahomes was taken after uh, Mitchell Trubisky, so we'll we'll leave that there. We can can move on to. Sorry, Bears fans. We're not trying to dig in, but it happened. Another stud quarterback that has flamed out. I believe he was taken. uh, This is quarterback Dwayne Haskins of the Washington football team. 
at Daniel Snyder's request now, because we all know that football mastermind that is Daniel Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, that football genius, all the analytics, all the people he pays to tell him who he should and shouldn't draft, all didn't, none of them wanted Dwayne Haskins. Daniel Snyder wanted Dwayne Haskins. I think they took him 14th or 15th overall? 15th. 15th. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, I guess the phrase has gone over like a fart in church. Uh, this is his second year. And, um, yeah, uh, whew, it's a whole lot of nothing. I mean, the kid has athletic ability. There's no doubt about that. He can't seem to make good decisions. Uh, when they brought in a whole new coaching staff and management to an extent before this past season, uh, there was a lot of talk that they weren't exactly happy about having Dwayne Haskins because uh, his, his, they question his motivation, his preparation. Uh, a lot of that has been seen as lacking tremendously. And uh, he was not not a favorite amongst the people coming in for this new regime. But to their credit, and Ron Rivera, who I am a huge fan of, and I've been saying since last year when uh, the Panthers let him go, that... Washington got themselves a hell of a coach. Rivera is a, is a good coach. Um, they're, they're trying to make the best of it. Gave them all the first team reps whenever they could practice before the season. Uh, they tried making him the guy after four starts. It was pretty clear they had to go a different direction. Um, well, he got a chance to start again with with Alex Smith you know, on the sideline for, for the time being with, uh, I believe, a calf injury, I think it is. Um Thankfully, nothing to do with his his you know re, surgically restructured leg, but um, yeah, they 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 gave Haskins another shot, and Dwayne Haskins, as only he can, uh, you know, did something stupid. A couple a couple was it last year? He had the the selfie on the field uh, as like the team needed to run out there to like run out the clock or something. I think so. And he wasn't available because he was taking selfies with fans in the end zone. And then they had the uh, argument with the offensive line. Yeah. And there was dispute on what he was saying. And was an uh, offensive lineman ignoring him as he walked away? He's like, I-, I think where this comes back to, and, and this is my opinion, this is not from anybody else. I, I watched, obviously, uh, we're digging back to college. I have watched Dwayne Haskins beat my Michigan Wolverines. So he has talent. But doesn't everybody? I mean, come on. I feel like that was a cheap shot, but fair. I feel like you've known me long enough to know what was coming. Yes. Okay. Um, so we're both to blame here. I I think the, he had a one full year uh, at starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He had 50 touchdowns. I understand how much talent they have. You can't sneeze at that. That is, that is talent. That's a lot, yeah. Uh, over... 4,800 yards passing. Like, he is not a running quarterback by any stretch of imagination. He is a pocket passer. Keep in mind, college teams play 11 or 12 games. This isn't a 16-game season. Right. Yeah, okay. That's even so, more impressive. So, he has talent. My dispute would have been, he needs to sit for a year. Because, again, he only had one year. Now, understand, Joe Burrow came in, and he set the world on fire after one season, one full season. He did play other seasons uh, in other schools. I'm just thinking, I saw Dwayne Haskins a little bit, and I just thought he wasn't quite ready. And also, Washington, not 
they they moved on. Who did they move on from? It was um Jay Gruden. Yes. And that was a whole situation there. Yeah. And then to your point, this the owner wanted him drafted. So how much did the GM at the time, how much did Gruden at the time want to draft Dwayne Haskins? If you get drafted into somewhere where they really don't want you, it's not a, a, a positive uh, environment for you to, to grow in. I think Dwayne Haskins still has ability. This is like, just like what you say about Carson Wentz and, and Sam Darnold. They might need a new, fresh start. Dwayne Haskins still has many years under his belt. Another team could take him in and and just kind of reset the mindset of Dwayne Haskins and, and build him up. But he also has to clean up the, clean up the stuff off the field. Yeah, that's really how we came to uh, talk about Mr. Haskins today. Uh, I'll let you, uh, you told me about it. I wasn't really aware of it until you told me about it. But apparently he, uh, Mr. Haskins uh, paid a uh, visit to a establishment after Sunday's uh, game. Uh, the fact that he, uh, what would you say? He went to a strip club. Yeah. And the fact he went to a strip club is not the big deal. He's a grown man. He's an adult. That's his business. Uh, the problem is with all the upticks and COVID and everything and the leagues, the big one for me is the league's protocol, which again, we keep going back to consistency. Right. All these players agreed to the protocol if they were going to play. Had the option to opt out, even if you weren't sick or high risk, you could still opt out and get paid. Granted, it's less than you would have gotten paid if you played, but you still got a very handsome amount. You got two fifty a year. Any, 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 any person, any regular civilian gets a quarter million dollars a year to sit at home and not have to worry about any of this nonsense would take that in a heartbeat. So none of you are going to cry me a river on that one. So he, they agree to these protocols. And then you continue to see these, some of these players, not all of them, a lot of them being very responsible and, and doing what they agreed to do. Some decide that they can just do whatever they want and they're not smart enough to realize that in the day and age when everybody has camera phones, uh, anybody does anything stupid, you're going to record it. It's going to be seen. Someone has footage of it somewhere. Correct. And apparently there is some social media footage, I believe Instagram, of Mr. Haskins at a strip club, uh, maskless. No mask, um, which I think, here's the thing, if you're in a situation with people you know, who you know have been tested, and people want to get on you for not wearing a mask. That's just where I, I go back to everyone's got to judge somebody. Everyone's got to get in a soapbox about something. If everybody's been tested, everybody's clean, and people aren't wearing a mask because everybody, everything's been cleared, then that's just people being picky. These are folks he didn't know. The worst part about this to me is he's the starting quarterback who's going to be getting in close proximity with his head coach. His head coach, mind you, Coach Ron Rivera, who has had IVs at halftime of games this year because he's going through cancer treatment. He's the epitome of high risk. And you can question what you want about people who aren't at risk and stay home, don't stay home, do this, don't do that. We're, we're not here to debate any of that. The fact is, this is a dangerous thing for high people at high risk. Ron Rivera should feel safe going to work with all the protocols they put in place. And most people 
have enough respect for Ron Rivera or anybody else around him in a professional environment to not put you at risk. And Dwayne Haskins was like, ah, screw it. And my coach is high risk. My coach is fighting cancer. And from all we've heard about Ron Rivera, he's doing very well. And he actually finished his last treatment and everything looks like it's going in a very positive direction. So that's awesome. Uh, but that doesn't mean his immune system's back where it should be. And Dwayne Haskins just, you know, of course he issued an apology, which is the old, I'm not sorry it happened. I'm sorry people caught me. But it's just this to me is incredibly irresponsible. And it just goes more to, again, with Dwayne Haskins not being prepared, not being mature. Uh, this kid's got to get his head on straight if he wants to have any kind of future in this league. Because you pick somebody 14 or 15, over, uh, 15 overall. And the team before the deadline this year was already talking about potentially trading him away. In year two. Not even full two years. Oh, he'll be gone. Oh, there's no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After this year? Absolutely. Especially after this. Oh, Gruden, for sure. Gruden but, will ha- uh, not Gruden. Um, Rivera will have no problem going into next year with quarterback combination of Alex Smith and Kyle Allen. We'll have no issue with that. Um, they're going to move on whether you know they get a six-round pick, seven-round pick, whatever they get for him, they're going to move on from him because they're just not going to I, – I would say – the trust has been broken with this incident. And he can be apologetic all he wants. And he can say what he wants. The trust has been broken because the point you're making, the coach is going through cancer treatment. And you're going to do something like this, whether you consciously thinking about it or not. You have to make smart decisions at this point. This is why a player like, um, I, I, I want to say it was Dante Hightower. I don't remember if he said it or not or if it was actually him, but I know there was a player who came out and, and trusted the players he was with but didn't trust when they were outside the building of what they were going to do. And I think that was kind of the genesis of, of our discussion early on with this the players opting in or out is you don't really trust where the players are going because there's no bubble. Right. And this is kind of, this is a magnifying glass of of what the issue could be is someone being irresponsible, not thinking clearly about others and just saying, I'm going to go about my normal life when my head coach is probably the top percentage of people that are susceptible to Oh, the epitome of high risk. The epitome of high risk. He's the exact person who should be the most careful. Like, literally, he should be inside, locked down, until this treatment's done and his immune system's back up and running 100%, or as close to 100%. And yet, he's out there every Sunday. He's out there coaching and doing everything he's supposed to do. And he's got a Washington Red sorry, Washington football team who has gone through three quarterbacks. Canceled. Yes. That's fine. That's fine. But he's he's gone through three starting quarterbacks this year and they are on the brink of I know we've said so much about the NFC East, but they're on the brink of winning this division. 
Here's the thing with them. Where they've come from the last few seasons, being the Washington football team, that's actually pretty impressive. And I think Ron Rivera is a huge reason. The mentality he brings to this team and the aura he brings to this team. Aura. I sound like a damn psychic now. Uh, atmosphere he brings to this team. You have teams like the Giants who were expected to do well. They had bad injuries. An underperforming offensive line. Uh, receivers that can't seem to hold on to the ball. Uh, and then Saquon got hurt. Okay, they have an understanding, whatever. They, it's You can kind of dismiss them as having a reason. The Eagles, um, according to what they've said, are an exceptional team who should be competitive. And, and Carson Wentz is an MVP. <laughs> that, that, that didn't go so well. Um, and the Cowboys were picked by a lot of people to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so, as far as Philadelphia and Dallas goes, I don't, I don't really want to hear the excuses. But with a team like the Giants, who had so much flux and so much difference coming into the season as opposed to last, okay, add to the injuries, I can see them struggling and being happy with winning. The Washington football team, everybody wrote off. Yeah. Everybody wrote off. And the fact that they are in first place, even though it's a poor division, and that division would have to improve significantly just to suck, even with that, it is still very impressive where they came from. Because they are not a team that has a boatload of uh, nationally recognized uh, big-name players, but that defense is really solid, has some really good components to it. Chase Young looks absolutely legit. That kid looks awesome. And, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, was it Logan? um, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas at the tight end. These are guys who they can build around. Yeah. And and a coach like Coach Ron Rivera can, but he can't do it if he's being put at risk. I think it's irresponsible. Uh, I think he was already on thin ice as far as whether he's going to be back next season or not with Washington. I think clearly not now, as we just said earlier. Uh, you got to be smarter. Haskins has to really kind of reflect here. And, and does he want to be a part of this league or not? Because if so, you got to learn how to play as a team player. Speaking of team players, Juju. Oh, boy. Smith Schuster of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Captain TikTok. Guy, apparently, for those of you that don't know, Juju Smith Schuster apparently is a TikTok star. Oh, yeah? Which the term TikTok star is another reason why 2020 can just. Go light itself on fire. Um, I, it's it's, it's, it's Antonio it's a, Brown two point Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I don't know what's in the water in Pittsburgh, but it makes wide receivers go crazy after they have a little bit of stardom. I don't understand it. They want to get some kind of Brita filtration system in there in Heinz Field. Didn't we discuss keep, this? To keep Chase Claypool from losing his damn mind because he looks like the next star, and we don't want this kid to go nuts too. Um. I know I keep referencing them as like a, a, a plexical burst built and, and the way they're using them. I'm hoping he doesn't go the plexical burst direction. This guy, this guy, look. I think it's it's one thing to uh, showboat a little bit. You get a touchdown. You got a touchdown pass. You catch a long play. You make a nice play. On offense or defense, you dance, you celebrate. Okay, whatever, that, that happens. It's an emotional game. You get caught up in the moment. No big deal. Well, Juju's decided to start going out on the field before the game starts 
and, and making a TikTok video of him dancing around on the opposing team's logo at midfield. Uh, last week they did it to the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, Bills didn't take too kindly to that, and then proceeded to uh, absolutely shellac the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, which they probably would have done anyways, even without the dance. Uh, and then the lowly 2-10-1 Bengals, the Joe Burrowless Bengals, yesterday, uh, Juju decided to do the same thing. Uh, because after criticism, uh, Juju said, I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to be me. I'm going to keep celebrating and be, doing my thing. Boy, that sounds like A.B. That sounds like A.B. That sounds like someone who doesn't care about the team. That sounds like someone who can't take anything seriously. That sounds like someone who thinks he's better than he is. Because Juju had two catches last night and a fumble. He did awful. And he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire all season. Oh, no. Not by any means. And now, he did good the year they had A.B. before A.B. left. And they, they traded A.B. because they thought Juju would be a number one. They thought he was going to be the guy. He has not panned out that way at all. And now he has other talent around him. He has Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, James Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington and Johnson aren't necessarily Claypool and Schuster level on paper, uh, but but Claypool looks like he's a star in the making. And uh, <laughs> that team, especially Juju, cannot seem to get out of their own way. They are just missing something. Something is not, something that clicked the first eleven weeks. Completely unclicked the last three. And they got to find it really quick, or else they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. I know I said that last week. I'm not going to get into that again. I know I did. But Juju's got to smarten up. Mike Tomlin today uh, apparently said he's going to talk to Juju about his his pregame dance. Now, Mike Tomlin's a pretty no-nonsense guy. Uh, I I assume that's pretty much going to go like, hey, Juju, remember how you said you were going to keep doing that? Yeah, coach? Yeah, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I would think there's going to be some fines and penalties for Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith-Schuster if he decides to continue to do that going forward. You can get away with certain things if you're winning, even if you're being kind of an a-hole about it. Uh, if Juju's going out there and catching 10 balls for 100 and a touchdown every game, even if they're losing, people are kind of look the other way and go, yeah, he's the only guy performing, so whatever. He's not. He's dropping passes. He's not running routes. He's not getting open. He's not winning 50-50 balls. He is a guy who had a really great year and has never lived up to that sense. Now, maybe he turns that around at some point, but he's not going to do it being arrogant, self-centered, and stuck up because he's more worried about what his TikTok likes or whatever the hell they do on TikTok. I have no idea. He's more worried about that than he is helping his team win, practicing, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, Maybe having some kind of motivational discussion or speech or, or, or collaboration before the game. No, no. Juju's got to have somebody from the team go out there and hold his cell phone so he can make a TikTok video. Get the hell out of here. Jesus, man. Come on. So if I'm the Steelers. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this from two, two, two angles. Now, they've locked up a playoff spot, and I'll emphasize a playoff spot. Because they haven't locked up the division, and Baltimore's within sh- shooting distance to, to, to take the t- division title. Cleveland Browns are more than in position to take the division title. They could drop literally from number 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 two seed or number three seed all the way to number seven. 
They p- potentially. I don't think they will. So the team was eleven and zero two three weeks ago. Eleven and zero, and now you're talking about potentially dropping all the way down. I mean, that's it, insane. It, it is insane. And then I look at it from this angle as well. The front office has to look at Juju and say, okay, we've seen what you've done without AB. We've seen what you've done with with three wide receiver, three talented wide receivers. One who's a rookie and is performing above expectations. Are you going to get that contract extension that you think you're going to get? Because I don't think, at least with Pittsburgh, I don't think he's going to get it. They're going oh, to how, can, how can they justify that when they have so much defensive talent to sign? There's no way. They can't. They can't. And, and, and you have to look at this from an offensive perspective. Like, where, what, what is our offense and what are we implementing? And, and can we bring in somebody else who can do, duplicate what Juju does? which right now isn't a whole lot because we have Chase Claypool for what issues Deontay Johnson's having right now with, with his catching issues. But he is admitting to them. He got called out by his coach. He owning it. He's owning it. And then you have James Washington, who is a nice addition, nice little piece. He's not the end-all, be-all, but he is a nice piece. You don't think they can go out and get another uh, – talented rookie because apparently wide receivers go to Pittsburgh and they just bloom. I just think if I'm Juju, I don't know if I'd go hard into this. I'm going to do TikTok no matter what, because you haven't gotten paid and everyone's looking at what you're doing and how the team's progressing. Maybe a team might give you a nice contract, but nobody's going to give you that, a B contract. It's just I don't think it's gonna be out there because they just see you're a two oh, if, you're number two. Look at the numbers. A B didn't even get his A B contract. He got it and then he, he talked himself out of it. Right. And and that's the crazy part is A B got it and he talked his way out of it. Juju's talking his way out of it before he even gets it. Well Juju had that one good year and now Juju thinks he earns it. Juju thinks he deserved it. So Juju thinks he can I'm talking about Juju like he's Deion Sanders. Like, Juju said this. Juju said that. Juju thinks he's a bigger star than he is. And he fired at, at in the in the literal sense, he fired at, at A.B. when A.B. went off on him yeah. when he was with the Raiders. And yet, what have you done since? Nothing. Without A.B., nothing. Like, this is where I'll side with A.B. That's a strange avenue to be on. But it's like... Consistency. A.B.'s a- got... AB has sustained success on the field by himself. Juju doesn't. AB was getting coverage, leaned to his direction, and still producing. Right. Having Malcolm Butler in his prime, I would say. I don't know if Malcolm's in his prime anymore, but when Malcolm Butler was in his prime, Stefan Gilmore was covering him as well. Top-level corners were covering him, and they still couldn't cover him. He was still producing Pro Bowl-level numbers. Juju's the number one receiver the year after. He's getting shut down. And part of that was Ben Roethlisberger being out. But look at some of the greats in the league. What was, what was DeAndre Hopkins' quarterback situation for a while? Oof, shaky at best. 
And yet, yeah, no, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage uh, is not like, not a who's who of uh, of options. But did that stop DeAndre Hopkins from being arguably the best? No, it slowed him down a bit, but not nearly as what it should have. I mean, his his pure talent pulled him through that. When Kenny Galladay is on the field last year, and Matthew Stafford's out, he's still putting up uh, yeah, yeah. numbers. Like that's really where a receiver divides himself from. The second tier to the top tier is what you can do when you have nothing at quarterback and you can just produce. And if I'm Juju, I focus on the field and start producing because you're about to be out of Pittsburgh. And I don't know what that's going to do for you. Yeah, have fun being, you know, 3-13 and 13 next year when the Jets sign you to a bigger deal than you should get. Pittsburgh's uh, because they they think Trevor the Trevor Lawrence Juju Smith Schuster combo is going to propel them to oh, eight yeah. to ten wins and uh, yeah sorry uh, I feel bad I shouldn't have done that that's not that's not fair like I shouldn't have just bagged on Jets fans after I stuck up for them that was that's a Patriots fan in me coming out sorry guys but the Steelers have the Colts and the Browns both those teams need. The W's, especially and Cleveland. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't think Cleveland wants to win that game? That could put, that potentially could put division be the division title. And you don't think the Cleveland Browns want to push for that? So I'm, I'm Pittsburgh. I'm like, eh. and everything started with two linebackers going down. And I, one, I am fully for, and I think he's going to be one of the greats. And then the other one, I crapped all over, and yet his impact is clear. And it's Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. Those two gone. We know how great Devin Bush has been. And Bud Dupree is the, you know, the, the yin to TJ Watt's yang. So, I mean, as great as TJ Watt is, he's even better with Bud Dupree on the other side. So, but here's the thing. I mean, yeah, the team as a whole is different without those two guys. Those guys don't catch passes. No. Those guys don't, those guys don't do anything on offense. So the fact that, you know, they were bragging about how Roethlisberger hadn't before last game. Hadn't been sacked in like I don't know, like 144 drop back, I don't know, 344 drop back, something like that. Something like earlier in the season, way early in the season. Yeah, because he's not given to play any time to develop, and he's throwing a second and a half after the ball snapped, and they're incomplete, or the receivers can't finish routes because it's it's so fast. It's like you can't brag about how fast you get the ball off and not being sacked if you know you're going 13 for 35 every game. And they can't run the ball. And they can't run to save their life. Like I said, they have three of the same running backs. You know, Benny Snell, James Conner, they're all the same style. They have no variation. The Pittsburgh Steelers can't run the ball. I I, I said that to you the other day, and it just like... It it seems weird even coming out, even saying it, yeah. Jerome Bennis, Franco Harris, Willie Parker, Le'Veon Bell. I mean... I'm sorry, Steeler fans, if I'm missing any of 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 those top tier running backs. And the Steelers can't run the ball. It sounds almost as weird as the Patriots not making the playoffs, but it's 2020 and here we are. So, yay! All right, on the better news for me, and you know, kind of mediocre news for you. We're gonna get the banker tank. Little little recap of Week 15 before we uh, before we get onto the uh, Week 16. Uh, ben. Went four and two. One of his few forays into f- above five hundred this season. 
Uh, you know, had a really nice week. The only problem with that. What's the problem? He's trying to catch me. Yep. And I went five and one. Nah, that's a problem. So, uh, yeah, that that that's an issue for him. Not so much for me. Uh, Tammy went three and three. Number one fan of the show. Uh, overall for the season, Ben is thirty-seven and forty-seven. I am forty-eight and thirty-six. So I believe I need to get two more over the next two weeks uh, to guarantee a regular season victory. So I can kind of, I can kind of, you know, roll the dice on this one and kind of skate into a victory. Good. You say there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance. But you say there's a Saying chance. There's a chance. So go ahead and go ahead, Rocky, and start your comeback. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Start the 80s uh, metal montage here, your training montage. I don't think we're allowed to play copyright music, but I will, I will, I will digress. Well, I didn't really have it queued up, so we're good. Not that was good. just uh, just a reference. We're okay. Uh, Tammy is 33 and 38, so still still hanging in there, and I do think by percentage points, better than Ben. You, so. you keep saying that. Though. I do, because it's really fun to say, and I get that reaction every time, so that makes it twice as fun. So it's, it's I, I, I mean, I, I tried. I, for the sake of being professional, I did my best this week, even though I only have to have two wins, and I can essentially coast to a victory. Um, not even two more wins than Ben, just two more wins. That's it. Like Ben can go 12-0 and the rest of the way, and if I just win two more, it doesn't matter. So you are really, really up the creek without a paddle. I mean, and so we're, two, we'll, a 2-10 and ten record just... Checks the box for you. Two and ten record. It's like I'm, it's like I'm in the NFC East, huh? I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Bank, I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts, Zach Moss, and Logan Thomas. So Zach Moss, I'm gonna highlight because one, he had a pretty good performance week eight against the Patriots with two touchdowns. Uh, and it hasn't got better for the Patriots' defense. It's actually gotten worse. Uh, they've let up an average of 219 yards on the ground the past two weeks. A little bit more, uh, was it? Yeah, a little bit more this past week with uh, I believe it was 250 yards against Miami. Yeah, it was. It was. It was ugly. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be a grinded out game for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it, it's going to be a win, but they're just going to run that ball because why not? Get that run game going really good. Try to save Josh Allen a little bit for the playoffs. You don't want to leave him susceptible to too many hits. And Zach Moss gets the carries on the goal line. And once they get down, well, they're, they're going to they're, – Patriots bend but don't break uh, attitudes still exist. But they're going to bend between the 20s, and then when they get to the red zone, they're just going to give it to Moss, and, and they're going to break because they're just I, – I, I haven't been able to watch the games, but I'm going to take your word for it, and they're just not playing inspired football. Yeah, right there's now. no there's no emotion anymore. That's not – it's not – you know, and I don't mean to make excuses, but a lot of the guys who are emotional leaders just are either injured or not playing right now, which isn't an excuse because the other guys got to step up and they're not. But, I mean, that kind of tells you – the mentality of the guys that are there right now. They're either too young and inexperienced or just not the right guys for the job. Yeah. So it, it's just, it, I think that I think with, I, it is a low uh, project, projection for 7.9 for uh, Zach Moss. 
but he hasn't been consistent because he hasn't gotten consistent carries uh, between the twenties. Uh, it's from their twenty to the opponents. Yeah, he's mostly gotten goal line short yardage. So if they're not getting a lot of those opportunities, he's not getting his number called. Plus, Devin Singletary gets a lot of the touches in the passing game. But I think this is prime prime Zach Moss. Plus, he's already done it against the Patriots once. So it'll most likely happen again. Who do you got? I have Drew Brees against the Vikings, Miles Sanders against the Cowboys, and Adam Thielen against the Saints. I am going to go with the uh, great Drew Brees. Uh, this, this past week against the Chiefs, he didn't exactly look like the Drew Brees that we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, the guy did have 11 rib fractures he healed from and a collapsed lung, I believe. Uh, maybe not the lung, but I know he had some. There was something else along with the rib fractures. It was pretty It was pretty uh, serious, and he only missed three weeks. So the fact he's back is, is pretty incredible. I don't blame him for, especially against the Chiefs. Uh, where there's so much pressure to keep up scoring, and whether they can play some pretty decent defense in, in Kansas City, they're not they're not uh, pushovers by any means. Uh, I, I don't blame him for having kind of a, a down game for him. Uh, I think going against a rather uh, a rather weak uh, Vikings defense, they're not the Vikings defense they were even two or three years ago. Uh, he's going to be just fine. He's going to hit his projection. He's not going to have Michael Thomas for the rest of the year, probably the regular season. But uh, they, he does have, you know, Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara and uh, Jared Cook, I believe, at tight end. These are these are guys who can catch, guys who he's proven he can win with. Um, and it's Drew Brees. He's going to get better every game out there. And, and I, I think this is going to be one where he he reminds us exactly what he's capable of. All right, so Tank this week is going to be Baker Mayfield, Derrick Henry, and Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I, I, I'm shooting for the, for the stars here. Uh, I'm going to highlight Baker, and I think this is going to be the test. This week is going to be the test. I think Against next the Jets. Yeah, hear me out. All right. Next week is an easy get up game. You're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not ne- next week, the week after, week 17. You're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers, potentially for the division title. You're still not technically in the playoffs yet, but you're, the likelihood that the Browns are going to be in the playoffs is pretty good. This could be one of those, we're looking past the Jets, even though they just won, to look at the looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers the following week. Look, targeting that game for a division title, playoff, high seed. They could look past the Jets. And just get smoked. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I'm putting it on the table. And I'm willing to risk saying that Baker Mayfield, they could look ahead at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, he's got a 27.9 projection. I think they can still win and he doesn't hit those marks because... Oh, yeah, with that running game? Yeah. With Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, I think they can... Void out any any performance, a lackluster performance from Baker Mayfield. I think this is a test for Baker Mayfield. If he can go out there and just perform at a, the consistent basis he has been for, I would say, the past half of the season, then 
he's moved and he's taken that next step. You know, that, that those steps that you've talked about Josh Allen has taken, that's that next step that Baker could take is, is just not getting too low for a game to look past and not looking ahead to that next game, that big game against the Steelers. This could be a moment for him where he could decide whether or not he's going to be that top-tier level quarterback or just that average guy that they missed on taking a number one selection on. I got to say, I've been hard on Baker in the past and earlier in the season as well when he wasn't playing up the par, but uh, he's played really, really, really good football, especially when he doesn't have a diva number one receiver he has to throw to X amount of times. When he can actually, you know, hand the ball off to one of his two unselfish running backs. Which is a, a huge deal. Huge help. A very good offensive line. Uh, talented. Maybe not name, which, with the exception of Jarvis Landry, but talented young receivers. Uh, this this is a team that can do it. And Baker Mayfield showed a lot, a lot uh, last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they didn't win the game. But that is a team that has absolutely owned them the last decade, decade and a half a team he performed very poorly against in week one. And he came out and has actually taken all the things he's learned, all of his experiences, the fact that he knows to not run his mouth and just run his offense. You've seen Baker turn into, just over the course of the season, the player the Browns were hoping he turned into. And I agree with you. I know what you meant when you first said it. But, yeah, they're looking at Pittsburgh right now. A real championship-caliber team looks at your next opponent not two weeks ahead. Right. So, yeah, there. This is, this is a big game for him. Doesn't have to have a huge game, but just they just got to win and get the job done. Just Be consistent. consistent yeah, what right. you've been doing, and, and he can still not hit his points. Right. And they can still win. Oh, he, he can throw for 150 and a touchdown, and they can win by 30 because that running game is just insane. All right, for me, I have to tank Aaron Rodgers, Kenyon Drake, and Amari Cooper. I'm going to highlight the other quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, he's had, obviously, we talked about him earlier in the MVP discussion. He's had a phenomenal season. I don't think he's going to do badly here by any means, but they're facing a team in the Tennessee Titans who love to run the ball. Yes, the Titans can be explosive on offense at times. They really prefer, though, to have little dink and dunk passes chip away for first downs, hand the ball to Derrick Henry, eat up a lot of clock. I don't think the the score of the game or the pace of the game is going to require Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball 35 to 40 times and, and try to have one of those 300-yard, four-touchdown Aaron Rodgers games. He's going to hand it off to Aaron Jones a lot. Uh, they're they're going to incorporate the running game. The other team's going to run the ball a lot. This is going to be a very close game. I think a very well-played game. Well-played. Jesus, listen to me. A well-played game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to hit his projection. It's very high projection. I think he's going to be one of the two that help me, you know, close out Ben for the season this coming weekend. And I can just take week 17 off and see how you do. Game of the week? Game of the week. What do you got? I have San Francisco at Arizona. The Rams' loss to the Jets is bigger than we think it is. Because now they're they're only one game ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona wins this week, and maybe the Rams win this week. If they both win, then 
I think by default, next uh, week 17, Rams Cardinals is the game of the week because that could decide a playoff entry in a, a playoff entry because depending on how things suss out from the other teams, one of those teams could be out with a pretty good record. Cardinals, we believed in the Cardinals from the beginning. We, we, we talked them up. I know for me, I'll speak for myself. I talked them up in, uh, in the preseason. They, they, this is where they should be. They should be a playoff team, not on the cusp, because last year they were up and coming. They were showing some stuff. I think this is the progression they need to make, the the kind of Buffalo Bills per, per, per progressive uh, progression. But they need to make the playoffs. They need to. Kyler needs to get in there and, and see what the atmosphere is like. They, uh, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins has some experience. Larry Fitzgerald has experience. So if you get in there, you have players on that team that have experience. You need to get Kyler in this atmosphere and see if he can handle it, and see what you need to build. What other pieces you need to add to it. This is a huge game against the division rival 49ers, which you know they're going to want to. They're going to want to beat the Cardinals to try to keep them out of the playoffs. I have a game I actually just talked a bit about with uh, with my, my my tank pick for Aaron Rodgers. I have the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. This is two very very solid football teams that can run, they can pass, obviously. Uh, I think the Packers have them in the passing department, but I think the uh, Titans have them in the rushing department. So it's, you know, two pretty evenly balanced offenses. I do think the Packers have the edge on defense, uh, but I think this is going to be a very close game. This game means something to both teams. You go into Week 16, you have a matchup where it means something to both teams. Uh, that's Those are always great games. The Packers, I believe, can clinch the one seed in the NFC this, this coming weekend. Uh, and I'm not ex- I'm not sure of because the AFC is a little bit messier. I'm not exactly sure all of the repercussions it would have for the Tennessee Titans, but they don't want to be in kind of murky waters as far as playoff seeding goes, and then lose Week 16. There's no way. Both these teams are going to come out and give their very best, and this is going to be a very exciting, very close game. Wouldn't be surprising if it comes down to a last second field goal. All I'd say all I'd say to add on to that is is they're tied with. Indianapolis right now with record. They both they, they split the season series. So they both have a win and a loss. I it's gonna come down to who wins that game because I think uh, I know the Titans have uh, the Texans and I'm sure the Colts probably have um, but the other division rival, the uh, Jaguars. Yes, they do. So it, it's gonna come down it's possibly gonna come down to third, fourth, fifth tiebreaker in this instance, uh, especially if a lot of other AFC teams win and you have multiple double-digit wildcard teams, uh, win wildcard teams. It, it's, I agree. This, this if, if I didn't pick my game, I would say this is almost equally as important. I was surprised when I, when I saw you already picked your banker tank and you sent me over, sent me over your picks with your game of the week. I, I saw this game on the docket and I was like, oh. He he had to have picked he had to have picked Tennessee Green Bay and I saw you didn't I was very excited I saw it and I'm just I, I but I saw 
That is, it is equally important, but I think both the Titans and the Colts have potential to get in the playoffs. Uh, whereas Arizona, they lose this game. Their hopes are almost crushed. And I think they, they, it's more important for them to make the playoffs this year because they need to make that, take that next step that I talked about, like the Buffalo Bills made, like the Tennessee Titans made. You know, they need to make those right. steps, and it's important. And it's important for the Titans this year because they need to make that next step. They need to hit that AFC championship game. They did, they did last year too, and it didn't didn't work out so well for them. But they need to get there again. They need to, you know, no, they're, yeah. they're, they're they, good. They're good enough too, and they, you know, they have. Look, this time of year, especially when the defenses are getting tired a little bit, you can run that ball with a beast like Derrick Henry. You can just throw grown men around. You don't have to do a whole lot else if you can do that effectively. Right, and so. Derrick Henry carried them to the AFC Championship last year, and then and then they decided to put it on uh, Ryan Tannehill's arm. And look, Tannehill has proven he can get the job done. I'm not dogging Tannehill, but you dance with the one that brought you. Oh, yeah. And when they they had a chance to dance with the one that brought him in the AFC title game last year, they were like, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes." <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. If it happens again this year, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, better luck walking out and getting hit by lightning twice than you do beating Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. All right, anything else? Are you good? I'm all set. All right, that is going to do it for episode 109, our pre-Christmas edition. Uh, we, yeah, we uh, will not be back with you until after the holiday. So if you have any questions or comments on anything you've heard on this episode or past episodes or sports related at all actually ben and i would love to hear from you and where can they get in touch with us uh you can hit us up on twitter that's at bcts pod facebook ben and chris talk sports or the website bctspod.com ben's getting pro at that as always we thank you all for for your support uh downloads continue to do well if you feel so inclined leave a rating and a review tell a friend help us spread the word uh we hope that everybody has a very uh, safe, happy holiday uh, with Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, if you're a Seinfeld fan, whatever it is you choose to celebrate. Uh, hope hope you have the best one you possibly can. And, and look, we're not here to tell anybody what to do, but just make good choices. Be smart. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that stuff. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.